and welcome to Church Experience Online. We're so happy you joined us today. As you watch this teaching video, if you have any questions or need help getting connected, please don't hesitate to reach out by phone or email. Also, our website is the best place to go if you'd like to access helpful Growth Step resources. Join a serving team, connect in a life group, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially by giving online. At the end of this teaching video, you'll hear one of our Church Experience Worship original songs, and we hope that gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you've learned. Thanks again for joining us at Church Experience Online. This is Church Experience. Church Experience. Top of the charts. Top of the charts. Week one, the middle. song by Zed in collaboration with Gray, the electronic duo. See, these guys have been putting this song together for a long time, and they could not find the right singer for it. It had a wide range, and they needed somebody with a lot of energy. And so they looked and looked. They had about a dozen different people apply to uh, sing this song and submit videos from someone that submitted a video via YouTube to A-list superstars. Well, they finally landed on country singer Marin Morris. And she nailed it, didn't she? I mean, what a great song. And she, she just came together. And, and I, I love that song. And it's got, a, it's got a great message to it, too. You know, Morris, she's, she's singing from the point of view of one half of a couple who got in a violent conflict in a quarrel, and they're exhausted from their fighting. And she demands that her partner, who's sitting out on the steps outside of their apartment, that come and meet her in the middle. And she starts this song in a really bad place. You know, the, the floors are wet. The dishes are broken. And... She says, take a step back and reflect on where our relationship is and how we got into this mess and how we can meet again. She's committed to the relationship. She says, I just can't let you go. Well, someone wrote about this song. They said she wants them to make up and she wants them to get over their pride about being right. She just wants him back. And today, maybe you can identify with that song because you've been in brokenness, too, in relationship, right? It might not have broken dishes laying all over the floor like she's singing about, but you know what it's like to have a broken relationship, and a conflict, a problem, issues, whether it's with a friend or someone you love or a parent or a sibling. I mean, we're people, we're human. We know what it's like to be in conflict with others. And in this song, it's interesting that she admits that the pride is, can be a problem, and it's, it's a part of the issue. And it really reminds me of Scripture, what we find in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10. It, it gives us such insight into the problems we have. It says, where there is strife, there is pride. But wisdom is found in those who take advice. So, and a lot of the strife we have, if you think about what's underneath it, what causes that? How did we, as she's saying, Mary Moore's saying, how do we get into this mess? How? Well, a lot of times it's pride. Underneath the strife is pride. You offended me. You stepped on my toes. You're not seeing it from my perspective. Or I want you to see it the way I see it. So it's that pride that so often causes our problems in relationships. 
Maybe that's why scripture, God's word talks so much about humility and to walk humbly with our God. It's such a it's such an important characteristic of a, of a Jesus follower. It allows us to be teachable and learn from each other and to put others first. And, and if you want to have a great relationship, you can, but you have to put you first instead of me first, right? That's how you have to approach the relationship. I put it this way in your teaching notes. I hope you write it down. It'll help you a ton. Our relationship wins when we lose our me first, how do you meet in the middle? How do you resolve conflict? How do you have better relationships? Well, you can win at relationship when you'll lose me first. In fact, your relationship will really live when you die to me first. And if you'll make that shift, you'll, that shift, your relationship will thrive. It will grow. It'll be amazing. In fact, this is relationship gold right here. I'm telling you, this is relationship gold. But the problem is not in knowing it, it's, it's in applying it, Right? So how do you apply this? How do you live you first in relationships? How do you make your relationship thrive? How do you meet in the middle? How do you have good relationships? Well, I want to give you three statements, three biblical statements on how to have a, a thriving relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship, friendships, or maybe you look back in your life and you see a wake of broken relationships. Again, maybe you never got so violent that the, that the dishes were broken on the floor. You were so angry, but broken in the sense that you left the relationship or they quit on the relationship. You couldn't make it work, whether it was romantic, friendship, family. You've been there. You've done it. So how, how, do, you, how do you change that? How do you change you so that when you're in the next relationship, it, it thrives instead of just survives? How do you do that? Well, three statements that we're going to go through here in just a moment, but where we're going to begin is a conversation that Jesus had with one of his close followers. Jesus talked with one of his close followers, a guy named Peter, and Peter has grown a lot, right? I mean, he's been following Jesus. He's been watching Jesus, seeing, man, this, this guy is different. I mean, not only is he doing miracles, but the things he says and the way he lives, he, we know that Jesus was without sin. So living with somebody, around somebody who was without sin, I mean, Peter's eyes, like the other disciples, they were wide open. They're like, wow, man, Jesus is different. And so he was growing and he was learning and in that growth, I, this is my opinion, but I think Peter was approaching what you're about to read here, trying to show Jesus how much he's grown. That's what I think as I, as I read this, and I've read it a number of times, Matthew 18, verse 21. Peter came to Jesus and he asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, see, Jesus, you know, back in the day, I would sort of forgive him once or twice, but... But now I've been rolling with you. I, I, I'm feeling you. I, I see how you, how you roll, Jesus. I, I know you really are forgiving and merciful. So how about seven times? Good <laughs> biblical number, right? And is that the number of perfection, right? That's a, that, number seven, is that, is that what you would say, Jesus? Am I, am I overdoing it? <laughs> you know, maybe only four, right? No, seven? What is it? And, and Jesus, he responds to Peter like this. He says, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Or some translations say 70 times seven. And Jesus was saying that it's, that it's not about the number of times. I don't think at 77, you're supposed to keep track, you know, like click off 37, man, about halfway. It's like, you better not screw up the rest of your life because I don't think that's what he was saying. You know how like when you go into a game, you know, you, you, you go into the trap and you know, go watch a, a baseball game and, and right, they, they, they count you in, right? They got the turnstiles that you walk through and they, they count you when you go in to watch the Bucks or something, right? I think Jesus is saying it's, it's not like a turnstile, it's like a lifestyle. 
right? It's not a number how many times you forgive. It's a, it's a, it's a name. It's a person. Jesus, he's forgiving. It's who he is. It's a, it's a characteristic. And, and he goes on and he tells a story to, so that Peter really gets it, all right? And I love this story. It's such a great story. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with all his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. And since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Jesus is purposefully making this debt so high that you can't even imagine it. 10,000 bags of gold. Like, what's that worth? I mean, even today, I mean, this is mind-blowing, right? Give, give a guy one bag of gold. He's set for life. I mean, he's 10,000 bags of gold. He's, Jesus is exaggerating how big this debt is and that the guy cannot pay it on his own. It just, he can't. Verse 26, at this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. He's like, I'll pay, I'll pay it back. The servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debt, let him go. He didn't even give him a loan note, the payment plan. He, gave, he forgave him completely. But when the servant went out, he found his fellow servant who owed him a hundred silver coins. So this is interesting because, you know, if you, if you get in a bad spot financially, after that, it changes you. If you almost lose your house, if you, if you get down to like bare bones and you're eating ramen noodles and you, you can't afford nothing, right? I mean, you lose the car, it gets repoed. Like if you get in a bad spot, you never want to be there again. You kind of hit the rock bottom and you kind of learn your lesson. This guy hit rock bottom. He's like, I got to go get some money because I don't ever want to be in that spot where my family's about to be sold into slavery because we can't pay the debt. So I'm going to go get some money. Who owes me money? So he goes and he finds this guy. And I don't know, maybe Jesus made this in the story. We don't know, but he, it said 100 silver coins. So it wasn't insignificant. It was a large amount of money. And, and maybe in this story, you know, Jesus is going to talk about forgiveness. Maybe it's saying, you know, there's people that are going to wrong you and offend you and, and, and all this kind of stuff owe you. And it's not insignificant, but it's not anything compared to what the master forgave this guy, right? And so here's the story. He, he says that he goes to this guy and he, he grabbed him and he began to choke him. And he says, pay back what you owe me. His fellow servant fell on his knees and he begged him, be patient with me and I'll pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and he had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and they went out and they told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked and lazy servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how your heavenly father, my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Wow, what a story. So, Jesus is saying, you know, God forgave you so much and put yourself in this story. He's talking to Peter, probably the disciples, but he's talking to us really saying, you know, God, he gave you this impossible debt that, that you owed. He, he gave you this great gift and he forgave it through Jesus. God so loved the world, he gave. He gave his own son because you and I had this sin debt. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And not just a physical death, we know we're going to die, but a spiritual death too, forever separation from God. The Bible tells us real clearly that those who do not uh, believe in Jesus and have their sins forgiven in him, that when they die, they're going to stand before God and give an account for their life. 
And it's not just, well, you know, I stole a few times, I lied a few times. It's not that big of a deal. Come on, God, just, you know, turn the other cheek. Let me, or turn the other eye. Just let me, let me in. You know, it's not a big deal. Let me into heaven. Come on. You're gracious, right? He can't do that. He's a just God. And so he can't just look the other way because our sins, not only whatever you, damage you cause in this world, you put the Son of God to death. And so did I. Our sins caused Jesus to go to the cross. So we're going to stand before a, our Father in heaven who we put his son to death in a very violent way. Our sins did, because he would have died just for you. And so that's why our sins are a big deal, and, and, and they will send us to hell for all of eternity, if not for the grace of God. And the great thing about this story, God is saying, uh, Jesus is saying, well, well, God's forgiveness, he forgives this great debt, this, these 10,000 bags of gold. He forgives this, this debt that is impossible for you to pay. And when you accept the grace of God, the forgiveness of God, I mean, it's a fresh start. That's amazing. Full forgiveness, complete forgiveness, companionship with God, the hope of heaven when you die. When you stand before God through faith in Jesus, through what he did on the cross, man, I mean, is there anything greater than that? <laughs> no, there's not. It's amazing. So why is it that when God does all that for us and then someone offends us, hurts us in some way, does something to us, we won't forgive them? Well, they don't deserve it. I'm, I'm mad at them. We get all bitter. We hold a grudge. We won't forgive. And, and, and here Jesus is saying, but wait a second, hold on. God forgave you all this, and you won't forgive someone that? And, and maybe this, the silver coins thing, the hundred silver coins, maybe, maybe he was saying, I don't know, maybe he was saying it's not insignificant. Not like they owe you two bucks. I mean, they, they hurt you in a significant way. Some of you have some crazy scars from childhood or your past or that someone did something to you or they wronged you or they stole from you. They ruined some part of your life or a season of your life. It's not minimizing that. It's elevating how great God's forgiveness is. It's not minimizing what, you, what they've done. And it's not saying dismiss it, not saying overlook it, not saying it was right. It's saying, don't hold a grudge. You're giving up your right to revenge. Your right to make it right. You know, I'm gonna, they wronged me, I'm gonna wrong them. Doesn't mean you shouldn't seek justice and make it right that way, and that's not what it's saying, but it's saying you forgive, you let it go in. It's a heart thing. It's a, it's a heart thing. And, and you might still feel angry, but you can, I heard someone say you can, you can forgive because forgiveness is a choice of the will, and that can function regardless of the temperature of your heart. So in your heart, you might still feel upset, but you can still choose to forgive. I release them. I forgive them. I'm letting that go. I'm moving on. But as one person, Walter Alvarez, said, when you, when you hold a grudge, it's dangerous because grudges put the whole physical and mental system on a war basis instead of on a peace basis. And you'll never have that peace that we were singing about earlier in worship until you forgive, until you meet them in the middle, until you let it, let it go and you release that grudge in your life. Well, sometimes it's, it, it requires us, um, it requires us uh, overcoming some really difficult baggage. When I was in um, high school, I had some friends that had some longboard skateboards with me, and you know, we loved to go out to these huge sand dunes in, in, along Lake Michigan. Now, if, for you, if you grew up in Florida, it's probably hard to imagine this because we go out to the beach and it's flat, right? I mean, the, 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 lake, the shore is, is, is just flat. Well, up in Michigan, along the Great Lakes, there's these massive sand dunes. And sometimes people will build houses up on these sand dunes. And so they have these long driveways going up these dunes. And so we would take our skateboards and we would ride down these dunes going like 30, 35 miles an hour, just flying down these, these dunes. And throughout my life at different times, whenever I'd find a hill, I'd pull my, my, my skateboard out and I'd go, <laughs> I'd go cruising down these, these hills. Well, one time in high school, I was going down this hill and I, and I don't know if I hit a rock 
or the skateboard started wobbling, but I fell off and I'm going fast. And I just rolled, I rolled and I, I got up, I was in pain, I was bleeding and I had this cut across my back. Well, if you looked really close, like in my lower back, you could, it's really faint now, but you could see, you can see a little scar there from when I fell from that skateboarding accident. And you might have a scar in your life, not maybe a physical one from an injury, but an emotional scar, a mental scar from, from a past experience. And you're, maybe you're having a hard time even being in a relationship with someone because there's a scar there and, it, and there's woundedness. And in order for you to move ahead and move beyond, you're going to have to forgive you're going to have to let go. And it doesn't mean that there still won't be memories, that there won't be a scar there. I mean, look at Jesus. I believe Jesus can even heal scars, but, but think about Jesus. Even after the cross, he had scars. Remember, he showed up to his disciples and he said, hey, look at the, look at the, the wounds in my hands, you know, where they nailed to the cross. Look, look at where they pierced me. So he still had on his body the, the physical marks of what had happened. And you might, for the rest of your life, still experience every time you go into that place or hear that name, you might still hear in your head, you know, you might have that like a little bit of a scar there from that experience. And I think Jesus can heal you in miraculous ways. I think you can seek out counseling and work through stuff from your past. And I think that's a good thing. But you have to come to a place where when that comes back, if it does, it comes to mind that you release it. If you don't, you'll never be able to love and be at peace in the way that you can. And that's why this, this first of these three statements on how we walk this out is so important. It's in your notes. Write it down. I, I will forgive you. You got to come to a place where you can say that. I'll forgive you. If you, if you want to really make it work relationally, you got you to gotta come to this place where I'll forgive you. Maren Morris sings in the this, in this song in the middle. She says, I got so aggressive. I know we meant all good intentions. And, you know, when we get into problems relationally, it does usually start with good intentions, right? And usually, a lot, a lot of times it starts, but then it develops somehow into an argument because we want them to just understand where we're coming from. We're trying to maybe make something better, but they don't, they don't get it. They see it from their side. And so then it turns into an argument, and then it goes from an argument into a conflict and then a relationship divide. And this Philippians chapter 2, verse 14, that you see on the screen, this, this verse is very powerful. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Everything. We, we're not meant to argue with each other, and, and maybe that's a problem. Maybe you're going to have a hard time overcoming that because it's been a big part of your, your life, your relationship. But I want you to, I, I want you to, I want to point you to the words of Scripture in Colossians chapter 3. And this is, this is the standard for us relationally. L listen to verse 12. It says, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Man, that's so good. It's how we should treat each other. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a, a grievance against someone. Listen, forgive as the Lord forgave you. There it is again. So God forgave us. That's our motivation. That's why we forgive, because God forgave us, so, so we forgive. And that's hard to really love somebody if there's hate in your heart. You know, Marin sings the lyrics of this song. She says, I'm, I'm unaware of just how we got into this mess. Sometimes the problem is like you're disoriented. You're like, how did we get here? How did we get here? Well, a lot of times the answer is, is the second lesson that we're going to get to in a second here. It comes from Proverbs chapter 18, verse 13. It says, to answer before listening that is folly and shame. <laughs> How many times have we done that? To answer before listening. You know, we're, we really want them to know what we're thinking and how we see it. 
but we, we answer before we really listen. I think we listen, but we listen so that we could get points to support our perspective. And we listen to wait to hear the pause in their, their statement so we can jump in and say what we want to say. But it, it says to, to answer before you really listen, before you understand, before you get it, that, that's folly. That's a fool's game. And you're going to get a fool's reward, which is conflict, relationship messes, broken dishes on the floor. You're going to find out that you're in that spot that the Marin's in as she's singing this song. Look at verse two. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. So fools don't seek understanding and knowledge. They, They just want to share what they think. So don't be foolish in your relationships. Listen. And that's why the second statement's going to set you free in understanding how we got into this mess. It's in your notes. I will listen and seek to understand you. So first I'm going to forgive you because I can't, really, I can't really love you well until I forgive you. But once I forgive, then I'm going to try to listen. I'm going to try to understand you. Not just hear you, but I'm going to really try to understand you. She sings in this song, looking at you, can't lie, just pouring out admission, regardless of my own objection. And it's not about my pride. But if you drill down to understand conflict, like scripture says, it really is about pride. Pride really is what got us into this mess. How do we get into this mess? Well, it was, it was usually, it was pride. But listening is what changes the game because pride is focused on me first. It's, it's trying to uh, see it through my eyes, my perspective, my seat, if you will. But if I can shift and I can sit in their seat, then I might see things differently. When I sit in my seat, it's all about me. But humility allows me to sit in their seat and understand why they're reacting the way they are, why they're saying the things they are. I was in Colorado at a, at a banquet center restaurant a few years ago, and I had to go to the bathroom, and I ran into the bathroom real fast, and I'm going to avoid TMI, but I'll just got to tell you for the sake of the story, I sat down in this hall, and so I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting there, okay, and uh, I'm doing my business, and uh, a few minutes into this, uh, I hear the door open, and someone walks into the bathroom, so I'm no longer alone. And uh, I, I hear this, the shoes walk over to the stall next to me, and they open the door, and they sit down. All right, so now we got a party going on in the bathroom. And I look down, and I'm like, whoa, they brought party shoes. There's, like, glitter, sparkle on their shoes. I'm thinking, well, that, that ain't right. And it's like, a, it's that dude's shoes. Like, that's kind of weird. It looked like ladies' shoes in the men's bathroom. Like, all right. And so, um, I, you know, they finish, and they head on out, and I'm still there. And so uh, a few more minutes later, uh, someone else walks in the bathroom. And this time, it's not like that, that, that. It's more like click, 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 click. And, and then, like, the door opens in the stall next to me, and they sit down. And, and, and I look over, and I'm like, wait a second. Those are high heels. Never seen no high heels in the men's bathroom before. And then I, I started to put all this together. I'm like, wait, glittery, sparkle shoes, high heels. I am not in the men's restroom. No, but I can't scream, right? Because I don't want anybody to know I'm there. So what I do is I just slowly slide my shoes away from the edge so they can't see my clearly male shoes, right? So I just, I just kind of slide away. I'm like, oh, please, don't, don't see me. I don't want to get caught. Like something's going to happen, right? But I'm just, I'm just worried. And so I wait. They finish. They leave. Wash their hands. They get out. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Make a plan. All right, so I finish up, and I'm like, right, I have got to get out of here. I always wash my hands, but I'm not washing my hands today. I'm running into the men's bathroom. I'm going to find shelter in the men's restroom. So, so I wait. The silence. I get up. I unlock the door. I run out. I run into the men's bathroom. I'm standing there at the sink, like, looking at myself, like, I made it. I'm free. You know? Like, no one caught me. 
I wash my hands and I go back out in the restaurant, but then I realize that I have a huge problem. Like somebody saw my shoes. I'm almost sure one of those two ladies saw my shoes and I know what their shoes like. And so I, I, I kind of want to know who it was so I can avoid them. So I'm looking at shoes as I'm walking back to my table, but I also don't want anybody to see my shoes. So it's kind of weird. I'm like, kind of like, you know, like, woo, you know, just trying to get back to my table. So embarrassing. One of my top most embarrassing moments in my life. But you know, sometimes we're, 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 our relationship is having problems because we're looking at things from our perspective. And if we'll sit in someone else's seat, we might see it differently. When we're, when we're sitting in our own seat, we're seeing it through our eyes. And we don't get why it's not working. We don't get why there's problems. But if you could, if you could just flip-flop it. Next time you're in a conflict, think about this. What if you could literally look at it from their vantage point? What if you could listen to understand Maybe, maybe you'll learn something. Maybe you'll realize that your perspective was accurate and correct, and maybe theirs was flawed, but then you'll at least understand where they're coming from, and you can express empathy, understanding. You'll be able to communicate better, and I, I think if, as we're trying to show Jesus in our relationships, we're trying to point people to Jesus, and we're trying to care about them the way that God cares about us, we have to understand them. We have to understand. We have to listen. And we have to think about them and care about them. I want you guys to help me out for a second. Maybe just free up your hands. If you could just maybe set your notes down or just kind of free up your hands. I want you to do something with me. I think that'll really help. I want, I want you to kind of just point in, inward at your chest for a moment. Okay, I think this is the way that most of us approach relationships. Whether you mean to or not, I think you wake up every day and I think we wake up and we think, all right, what's in it for me? All right, what am I gonna do today? What do I care about? What do I wanna do? In a relationship, we tend to think, well, what am I getting out of this? Do I want to be in this relationship? What do, what do I get out of it? In a conflict, well, I, I want you to see my side. It's about me, right? And I want you to do this. I want you to do this. I think this is the posture of a, of a follower of Jesus. See, I'm, I'm, here to, I'm, here to, I'm here to listen. I'm here to love. I'm here to care. And I want you to also think about another time in your, early in your life where you, you had this posture. Do you remember when it was? Christmas morning as a little child. <laughs> See, you can't receive, you can put your hands down. You can't really receive the good things that God wants to give you in your relationship when you're doing this, can you? You can't really, God wants to bless you through your relationships. But when you're all focused on yourself, you're not going to receive what God wants to pour in. And so we, we approach our relationships in gen, generosity and listening and love. So think about it. The next time you're in a conflict, the next time you're, you're in the situation Marin Morris is in, and you're trying to meet in the middle, the way you get there is not like this. It's like this. All right. What do you have to say about it? I mean, don't you love to see when people are in this posture? I, I, I love seeing people like hug each other, like, what's up? Maybe a little bro hug, like, hey, how you doing, man? It's like, I love, I love seeing that. It's like, there's that vulnerability to say, hey, man, hey, how you doing? It's like, we're, we're connecting, and I, I, I love that. And I think, I think that's, I think it's God honoring when we have this posture. And you see it all throughout scripture in so many different ways. In fact, Philippians chapter two, you see up here on the screen, it says, rather in humility, value others, above yourself, not, listen, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. So not, not here, but there. Not, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. So here, here's, here's a third statement. This is beautiful. This is where it really gets exciting in relationships, where you really can meet in the middle. I will love you and care about your interests. So I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to listen and try to understand you, but I'm also going to love you. Jesus said this is one of the two most important things in the, in the world, in life. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's first. Seek him first, first love. Then after that, love, love your neighbor as yourself. 
Love others. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Love and care about the interests of others. This can be hard. This can be hard when you have an inward pattern. You're going to have to take some time to change this. A lot of prayer, a lot of seeking counsel and getting advice and practicing and failing and seeking forgiveness and doing it over again. But, you know, we, we lead in this world by serving. We love others without expecting to be served. You want to change your relationship with anybody, friendship, marriage, whatever, start loving them. Start serving them. Forgive, extend grace, push through uh, with love despite the disappointment you might have. And my, my hope for all of us is that we'll move from fighting against others to fighting for relationships. When you're fighting against each other, it leads to brokenness. Everything from broken dishes to a broken heart. But when you go from fighting against each other to fighting for each other, it's a beautiful life-giving thing that God wants to bless you through and he wants to pour so much goodness into your life through your relationships. So my hope is that all of us, <laughs> after we get past the Amber Alert that's going off on all of our phones right now, <laughs> that we will extend grace and love and forgiveness. Well, before I pray for us, I want you to look down at your, uh, your teaching notes and I want you to look at those three things. And I want you to ask yourself, what is it that I need to grow in the most? As, as Brandon prays here, what would I want him to pray for me about? Do I need help in forgiving? Maybe some of you, the application today, man, it's gonna, I'm going to pray for courage for you because you're, you need to leave this room and you need to call somebody up or you need to set up a meeting for coffee. You need to walk into their office on Monday. Uh, next time, next family reunion, Thanksgiving, you need to, you need to, you need to forgive. And that's going to be really difficult, but that's going to set you free. So maybe that's it for you. Maybe for you it's listening because when I was explaining that, the need for listening and understanding, the person next to you is nudging you. <laughs> like, they're like, that's you. And uh, maybe, maybe that's your thing. You, you, you've not been a good listener. You really, your ears have not been open. And this is going to change your relationships. You're really going to be able to shine the light of Christ into your relationships because one of the ways that we show people we love is we listen and we care about them. Maybe, maybe it's caring about the interests of others. You've been living me-centered, self-centered your whole life. And now you're going to try to like live more focused on others and care about others and their needs. So what is it for you? As you leave here today, what's, what's going to be the, the change that you're going to seek to make in your relationships? What do you want God to help you with? We're going to pray about that in just a moment. But before I pray, I want to give an opportunity maybe for some of you today who would say, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not really sure I can forgive because I've never been forgiven. And you've just never experienced the freedom of being forgiven. You know that feeling like maybe you've ever been pulled over for speeding? And have you ever had like an officer be like, all right, sir, you're, you're going like nine over, but I'm gonna let you off this time. And they walk back to their vehicle and you're like, wow, thank you, God. That feels so good. That feeling of like, I deserve a ticket, but they didn't give it to me. This is like on an epic scale, like God forgiving you of what you, what you deserve, the punishment you deserved. God saying, I forgive you. I release you from whatever it is that is in your past. And if you've never been forgiven, if you've never found the forgiveness of God, you can, you can find it by asking him today. God is a forgiving God. And if you look at what Jesus did on the cross and they crucified him, listen to this, Luke 23, verse 33. It says, when they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the, with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. He forgave the people that were executing him and putting him to death. He forgave even his enemies. And he'll forgive you if, if you ask him. He's a gracious and generous God. 
And not only does he forgive us of our sins, but John 1.12 says, to those who believe him, to those who received him, he gave the right to become children of God. So adopted into God's family. And if you've never had that feeling of welcome home, like I've been forgiven and I've come back to God, it is the best feeling. And then you can sing, like we sing these, song, these great songs about Jesus. Like you can sing not just words, but you can sing from your heart because you, you know it, you experience God. And I want that for you. If you've never, if you've never experienced it or maybe you, you believed in God, you know, when you're younger and you've kind of wandered away and God brought you in today and uh, you're here and, and you're hearing this message of forgiveness, but you haven't found forgiveness. I want to invite you to just simply pray a prayer of forgiveness and asking God to, to, to receive you and to have a relationship with you. Thanks for joining us at Church Experience Online. Please don't forget to check out the website if you'd like to get more connected, learn more, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially. You're now going to hear a Church Experience Worship original song, and we hope this gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you learned today.